We are live in the 405. Welcome to the Thundergrads podcast. I am your host for today, Michael Martin, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Miles Hartman. Miles, what's going on? I'm chilling, bro. I'm chilling. What about you, Mike? Doing good. I'm doing all right. I mean, we got out of Halloween weekend. Uh, some scary stuff going on. You did anything? No. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have nothing planned. Okay, well, so. we didn't have anything good going, but what's your best Halloween costume you had as a kid? Man, I remember I was a ninja. How old I, were you? I don't, I don't remember. I think I was in like elementary. I must have been like eight or nine. Something like that, but like I was like a ninja. I had like a full blown costume with the mask and the sword. And it was obviously a fake sword, but I you, thought it you was real. <laughs> you thought yeah. it was real? Yeah, in my eyes, I thought it was That's real. That's solid. I mean, I was a Power Ranger a couple times. Okay. The best one I had was one time I was a Grim Reaper when I was like 11 and I was wearing roller skates with a scythe. So I was like zooming. If you had to pick any costume you would be now, who would you dress up as? Um, Ron Burgundy. What about you, Caleb Williams? Nah, nah, I can't pull that off. I'll yeah. probably be, I'll probably be, nah, that's too easy. <laughs> probably Ed from Good Burger. Yeah, that's I, not a I, bad one. You know. Can you give me the line? <sighs> you really want me to do this, yes, bro? Yes, I do. Oh, my gosh. Give me the order opener. <laughs> Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? Thank you. There we go. Oh, my god. Speaking of Halloween, though, um, before we get into the NBA, I want to know, what is the best Halloween candy? What is the one as a kid you were searching for? Oh, that's a good question. You did not prepare me for no, this. No, this is Halloween. Is this the Halloween episode or something like yes. that? Yes. All right. Man, as a kid, probably I was a good I was a big fan of like Skittles, big fan of Hershey's. So I'm gonna have to go with those two. I was rocking with those heavy. What the about you? The correct answer is Kit Kat. Kit Kat, Kit Kat, I mean, Twix. I, I rock with Twix. I'm just yeah. not a fan of the Kit Kat. You know, you probably eat that sideways. You don't even eat it the right way. I I, I, I don't eat it at all. Actually, I'm just not a fan. You don't can't trust it, somebody who eats a Kit Kat sideways. Each his own, but to each his own. Okay, well that's enough Halloween right. talk. <laughs> we got a Good Burger reference in. We talked about the Grim Reaper and ninjas. This is a great episode so far. We're only two minutes in, but let's get to the NBA. The Warriors obviously beat the Thunder. Last night, final score of 103 to 82, Thunder lose. Um, but I want to know, what are some takeaways from this game, but specifically the good, the bad, and the ugly? I mean, it was all bad because we got spanked, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, we gotta, but we're positive here. You're right, you're right. But seriously, though, uh, good would have to be GRE starting at the five. Whenever he was on the floor, he provided a lot of spacing on the offensive end. Whenever guys like SGA and JG ran a pick and roll with them, they would find him with these, resulting him finishing at the cup at, um, at a strong with a strong finish. With and whenever he rolled, if the roll wasn't there, he just popped out to the to the elbow, and he was as confident in shooting the J. It was great to see him coming to his own, and also he was able to get open looks in the short corner. Uh, guys like Josh Giddy found him. Whenever he had two guys on him, uh, when he drove to the basket, he just had one of his flashy plays, and it resulted in uh, JRE getting open looks for not only himself but his teammates as well. But in the end, he dropped 12-5. and five. That's not bad, but overall, it was great to see that, though. But a bad would have to be that the fact that the Warriors came to play that night. Yeah. It was four – I mean, four – when you look at the box score, four guys – 
on that roster and in the game in double figures, and they just killed the Thunder on the offensive end with three ball. You had guys doing backdoor cuts to the basket, and they they always had constant movement whenever they're on offense, and that's exactly why they are considered, in my eyes, one of the most unselfish teams in the league right now. I mean, you got guys moving without the ball, driving to the basket, kicking it out to the open man to knock down the shot, and this kills defense every time, every possession. So that's why I would also have – that's also – it's not good for the Thunder. That's why I have it as my bad. Mm-hmm. And also the ugly would have to be the fact that nobody on the Thunder got over five assists this past game. I mean, really? You had guys on this roster – they have to understand that you have to play unselfish basketball if you want to get better. And just for the record, I'm not pointing fingers out at nobody. I'm not saying, oh, this person's to do better. They need to pass the ball better. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But as a whole, they have to get better with playing as a unit instead of relying on SGA to make things happen for them. I mean, I understand he dropped the 30 ball that game. I understand he's a piece for OKC, and he's the piece that OKC is trying to build around moving forward. But guys have to help him out and back him up out there. I mean, he is the piece. But, yes, you guys, you have to have a supporting cast for the main star. And you have to also understand that with this comes experience, though. So only time will tell. Yeah, can't have Giddy and Shea doing all the playmaking. I could have sworn that Giddy had at least five assists. He was having some nah, great passes. Like four. Really, yeah. I guess a bunch of guys just missed shots. Unfortunate. But for my good... Um, you talked about Shea. I also have Shea, but specifically his ability to finish inside and through contact. He was really in his bag that night. I mean, he only had, I think, 16, but he was uh, really good getting into contact and finishing over uh, longer defenders. I mean, you we've talked about, like, with Trey Mann, like, if you get your muscle up, and what Shea has, it can really help. And just watching his growth as a guy who drives, I mean, he led the league and drives last year, but really making these um, buckets whenever he's going into the lane is really really a good sign for him especially as he continues to get better and gets to the free throw line um, as far as the bad you said you wouldn't call anybody out by name I will Darius Baisley was bad wow he was not good because I like Bays, but he just did not play well here's the stat line in 27 minutes miles he went one of seven oh for five from three three of four from the line seven or eight rebounds zero assists one steal one block five points that's just not very good I mean we keep talking about it, but I think his role just needs to get more and more simplified as a guy who's either standstill threes or you're slashing um, because he's just not the isolation playmaker that I guess his role should be I guess or, or he's not playing up to the level of what his role is right now so you kind of need to bring it back down and then if he starts playing really really well in a smaller role then you can give him a little bit more rope but He's just not playing well this year really at all. He's averaging, um, he's shooting 17% from three this year. He's shooting 37% from the field, 10 points, and just, you know, not very good efficiency. A lot of it is, it's not just how many points you score, it's how efficiently you do it. That's what separates the really good scores. That's what makes Shea so good is he's making 90% or not 90% that'd be stupid but he's like making 50% of his shots it doesn't seem like Shea's taking a bunch of bad shots is what I'm saying whereas Bayes it looks like he's making it a lot harder on himself than he needs to because like we talked about there are playmakers on this roster you have Giddy, Shea, um, Maladon's a pretty good passer, Trey Mann can do some stuff, Kenrich 
Uh, Dort has gotten a little bit better. Uh, you even have guys like Ty Jerome. So let those guys handle the ball and let them maximize you as a scorer because you as a playmaker doesn't maximize them as a scorer. So let's at least maximize somebody. Yeah. And finally, the ugly. This was very ugly because this is one of the Thunder's strengths, it felt like, the last time they played the Warriors. But last night it was not there. Giving up six threes to Steph is not acceptable. That's I mean, just, it's Steph Curry, it's Steph, but, like, you know it's the only guy who's going who's gonna to go out there and just destroy you. The Warriors make th- 13 threes as a team, or, or 13 threes just their starters compared to eight threes total by the entire Thunder team. That's not good. Yeah, you're not going to beat the Warriors by just making a bunch of twos and not getting stops and giving up threes. So that's what I think is ugly. But what do you think about that? But, I mean, you also have to understand that it was, you're going up against one of the best shooters in the yeah, league right it's now. it's just about making it harder for him. Because right. percentage-wise, he was really, really good. Let's see where he went. I think it was like 6 of 10, maybe, which 60%. 6 of 13, so almost 50%. But that's just not good enough. I'm not saying that guys are going to make shots. This is the NBA. Guys are talented enough. Defense doesn't matter at some point. But you need to make them make tough shots. You can't just have wide-open corner threes for guys like Otto Porter Jr. who can't really shoot. you got to make them earn it and make them make tough shots. Right. I feel like the Thunder definitely need to get better. I sound like a broken record. They do need to get better defensively. Uh, you got. I understand that Dort can't do it all. Guys have to understand that. Defense is important in the league as far as being as far as shooting the ball. So it's definitely gonna be interesting to see how the Thunder improve on that. Like what are they gonna do? How are they going to find guys that wanna take pride in playing defense instead instead of Dort? So. Yeah. No, if you wanna go out there and you wanna get those transition opportunities, you have to play really good defense because it's just so hard in the NBA right now, especially with a young rebuilding team to score consistently against half-court offensive sets against teams like the Warriors who have been to the finals. But moving on, you know, the Thunder got a win last week against the Lakers, but I was wondering, when is their next win? We're obviously pro-tank movement over here, but we we still want to look forward and see what's potentially out there. So what's their next win, and when is that, and why, I guess, are they winning that one? Let's see. Let me get in my, let me get in my Raven Baxter, Madam Zeroni, mm-hmm. and LeVar Ball bag right quick. I'm going to see the future and speak it into existence right quick. Let's see. Let's see. Mm. Um. Um. You got it yet? <laughs> um. All right. All right. All right. I-, I got it. I got it. I see the Thunder getting their next win next week, Wednesday, as they face the Pelicans in New Orleans. I had the exact same one. <laughs> I, do, I do believe that this – if the Thunder come prepared to hoop like they did against the Lakers last week, they can get this dub. I don't know the exact timetable for when the Pelican star B.I., when he's going to come back. I understand he's he has hip issues, I think it was. That's why he hasn't been playing these past couple games. But uh, you got guys like Devontae Graham and Jonas Valanciunas who the Thunder are capable of handling. All we got to do is match that with Derek Favors and Lou Dort. So this shouldn't be a problem at all. And also, we all, we have to the, – the second unit has to be able to come prepared for this this game, most definitely. So I feel like guys like Poku, K-Will, Double M, and the rest of the bench better come ready to play because I expect a dub. 
Yeah, no, I have the exact same one. Um, you mentioned the hip injury. It's a hip contusion for Brandon Ingram. I just wanted to make sure. But they're also without Zion, who is um, currently doing some weight training of some sort, jumping jacks, yoga, whatever he can do. A lot of do. cardio. A lot of cardio. Vegan diet. I don't think about <laughs> that. He's making Popeye's runs. I don't know what else he's doing, though. <laughs> but we hope to see Zion uh, soon. Not against the Thunder, but soon. Yeah. But, yeah, I have the exact same game. I think the Thunder going to win in that one. With or without Ingram, I don't think that it changes a lot. Valanciunas will kind of get neutralized by favors like you talked about. And then I just don't really like this Pelicans team as constructed, especially if they don't have Ingram and Zion. I don't know where all their points are coming from. Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham, but he's going to get locked in a straight jacket. Lou yeah. Dort doesn't deal <laughs> Lou, with that. Lou Dort handling that. I mean, you get Shea versus uh, his cousin and Akeel Alexander-Walker. That'll be fun. But other than that, I don't. I don't see the Pelicans as a real threat. I think this is an interesting one. No one's afraid. Like, you know, young teams usually don't play well on the road, but no one's scared of going to the, the Smoothie King Center miles in New Orleans. <laughs> Your mascot is a Pelican, Your bro. mascot is a Pelican. You play in the Smoothie King Center. No one is scared. No disrespect to New Orleans fans that are listening, though. No, Can no. We, we love the city. We love the fans. Continue to like and subscribe. Their team is just not good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I'm glad we can agree on that one. Um. Finally, the Thunder actually play tonight again. We get a back-to-back um, with last night against the Warriors, tonight against the Clippers. I want to know, what uh, do you have to watch for tonight in this one? It's going to be great seeing SGA go into his old stomping grounds tonight as he take on the Clips. They got a solid squad this year despite Kawhi being out. It's teams like this where you look at our squad and look at their squad and realize, dang, we got a young team. Mm-hmm. Like, got you got guys – on this roster like Bays and Josh Giddy going up against guys who have had 10-plus years in the league like Eric Bledsoe and Nick Batum. So it's crazy. Also, you have to understand, taking on a superstar like PG-13 is going to be a tough task for Lou Dort, considering Dort is only 6'3", and PG only like – PG not only, but he's only 6'8", 6'9". He's 6'9", long wingspan. Crazy. But PG's that type of player, man where his athleticism and ability to run the floor allows him to get buckets and transition. His quick release to get shots off and ability to rise above his defenders is definitely one of his strong suits. And just being able to showcase he can hold it down without Kawhi being there with him by his side is definitely going to be great to see. Also, their bench has some talent too. I mean, I'm a big Terrence Mann fan. Him coming out of Florida State, him and Lou Lou Kennard, bring a spark off the bench whenever they're on the floor. But overall, this is going to be a tough task for the Thunder on the road tonight. So we'll see. What about yeah, you? I think it's going to be tough. I think they have a chance at winning, a puncher's chance at least. I have some of the same uh, things to watch for. I mean, we're both obviously going to pick Dort versus whoever he's guarding right. basically every game because, I mean, there's it's a deep league right now. There's a lot of talent, especially at the guard and wing position since Dort can guard basically everyone but a center. You're going to see Dort versus their best guy most nights, but Dort versus PG will be fun. Um, you mentioned it, Shea going back there. I think this is either the first or second time that he's been back with fans. I'm not sure if during the Chris Paul year, if they went there early enough in the year before COVID or not, but I'm not sure it'll still be really interesting. I'm sure he'll get a warm welcome from the Clippers fans. Um, I also want to see, you know, Paul George, you know, he's got to guard somebody too. I want to see him versus Shea and Giddy on some different things. I'm sure he'll bar- guard both of those guys and just, how they react to one of the premier defenders in the entire NBA when it comes to playing on the perimeter. Because PG is no slouch, especially whenever, you know, he played in Oklahoma City, third in MVP voting, 
third, I think, in Defensive Player of the Year. He had an incredible year, and he's definitely capable of going out there and just killing you. Uh, another thing I want to know is, you know, how do the Thunders react to a small ball five lineup that uh, the Clippers have that actually knocked the Jazz out last year? Mm-hmm. You know, whenever they go out there and they say, you know what, we're going small. We're going Morris, George, uh, Mann, Bledsoe, Jackson, or whatever the combination is. I want to see how the Thunder react to that because the Thunder are a small team anyways, but you throw JRE out there, Baisley at a small ball five, Roby. I just like to see how they measure up because it seems like that's what the Thunder kind of tor- trending towards and building towards is a very switchable multi-tool lineup. Now, would you, if you're Dano, are you starting JRE or Favors? I'm starting Favor just because they have Zubak, but he's not going to play a lot of minutes anyways, so you can kind of switch him out. But I don't want Zubak coming in in the first few possessions and just setting hard screens on these guys and getting on the boards and setting the tone too early. Like we've seen in these other games, Favors, Roby, JRE can start. It doesn't really determine who plays the most minutes. It's just about getting the team off to literally a good start to start the game. Um, and then on top of that, who gets more help between Shea and PG? Man, SGA. Uh, I, I'll, let me start by saying I feel like who gets more help? That's the question? Yeah, because, I mean, right now, Paul George is averaging 28, 8, and 4 on 50, 38, 80% shooting. But the Clippers are 1 and 4 miles. He needs help. I mean, Reggie Jackson's shooting 31% from the field, 29% from three. Bledsoe, 25% from the field, 17% from three for Eric Bledsoe. And Nick Batum, 21% from three. Man, that's a tough one. I feel like, I feel like SGA... Guys like Bays, guys like Dort, Josh Giddy, they definitely gonna have SJ's back tonight. So I'm gonna have to go with the Thunder on this one. Yep, it's gonna be a good matchup though, especially just I think it's gonna come down to literally who has more points between Shea and PG. No, a good one for sure. Um we got another segment, new one. We had What Are You Doing last week. Yeah. A, a classic for sure. <laughs> uh, actually that didn't even make it, but we're gonna we're gonna play it again. Yeah. Everyone, you missed out. But uh, we got trending or pretending, so I'm going to give Miles a stat, and he's going to tell me if it's trending, which means that this is good and it can keep going on, or pretending, which means they can't keep this up, whether it's good or bad. So the first one I have for you in this is Carmelo is shooting a career-high 50% from the field and 52% from three this season, and he's averaging 17 points per game, his highest since his last Knicks season. Is he trending or pretending? Jeez. Melo's been balling, though. He's been balling, but do you think he can keep it up? Man, I'm going to have to say it's pretending because when Braun comes back, his numbers might go down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Braun is a guy that wants to have the ball in his hands. Melo is going to – he's going to still drop numbers most definitely, but I feel like he's not going to have these same numbers moving forward. So I'm going to have to go with pretending on this one. I hate to see it, though, because I-, I like Melo. No, he's playing really well. Obviously, he's not going to keep it up shooting 52% from three. That's yeah. impossible. But I think he'll still shoot in the 40s. He's going to have a great year, but he's pretending to play at this level. Yeah. You have one, though? I got one. Let's go. DeJounte Murray, over his last three games, I'm going to give you the stats for this. 23 points, five rebounds, nine assists, three steals. That's one game. Second game, 23 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 1 steal. And for the last game, 21 points, 12 rebounds, 15 assists, 2 steals. Is he trending or pretending? I think he's trending. I think he's figuring some stuff out. 
Okay. I you know Dejounte was somebody who was really really hyped up as an all world defender and somebody who was like gonna fix his shot and figure some things out. I hope at this point he finally has because the Spurs need it, Miles. They don't have a lot of talent on that roster. Yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards trending. What about you? I'm gonna have to go with I'm gonna have to go with trending too. The Spurs they they're in this stage where they're rebuilding like the Thunder as well, and they need to figure out. Who, what's the piece that we're going to build around? Is it DeJounte? Is it Keldon Johnson? Is it Lonnie Walker the fourth? So they're still trying to figure things out, and I feel like DeJounte Murray is showcasing that, look, I can hoop. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to build around me. So I definitely feel like he's going to continue doing this moving forward because I, I don't see anybody else doing these type of numbers. No, for sure. He's going to have opportunities, especially on a team like that. My next trending or pretending miles, Kyle Kuzma this year is seventh in the league per game in rebounds per game. He's averaging 11.8 boards per game. Compare that to his previous season high average was, let's see, six. Is he trending or pretending? He's basically doubled his rebounds per game. He's in a whole different role. He's with the Wizards. Is this real or not? I did not know that. but. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with trending. I I didn't like, I didn't like the Kyle Kuzma that I saw in L.A. You know they tried to force him to play with alongside superstars like LeBron and AD, and it just didn't work out. And they decided to move on and drop him off in D.C. So I feel like Kyle Kuzma, he's definitely gonna have a statement year. He's definitely gonna showcase that I was that guy in the summer league for for the Lakers that is this big-time player and has a lot of talent. And obviously, I'm not going to put up those same numbers playing against superstars, not playing against, but playing with superstars like AD and LeBron. But this is – Kyle Kuzma has has some talent. I feel like a lot of people need to put some more respect on Kyle Kuzma's name. No, they forget how good he was before LeBron got there. Not that LeBron made him bad, but – not everyone is built to play with those guys. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're a bad player, but not ev- necessarily every skill set fits back to a LeBron or AD as just a catch-and-shoot guy. I mean, we've made this comparison before, but he's not 6'9 J.R. Smith out there. Like, exactly. He needs to post up. He needs to handle the ball a little bit, feel it, do some different things. But I also think this is trending just in terms of he's filling a role that they need on this roster. They have a lot of different wings. They have a lot of different guys who can score. But if Kyle Kuzma wants to stay in the league, he needs to keep on shooting like he has, just keep that up, and then rebound and defend. And he can play in the league for 15 years. He can be a really solid guy. He could be as good or better than, you know, Jeff Green as a role player, something like that. But, you know, I like Kuz. I'd say this is trending. Do you have another one? I got his teammate. Ooh. Montrez Harrell is currently averaging 23.3 points, 12 rebounds, and shooting 60% field goal over the, his last three games. Is this trending or pretending? That is a tough one. <laughs> um, can I go half and half? Because I think some of these numbers stay up, but some of them don't. I don't think that the exact 23 points per game stays up. I think he keeps all the boards, and I think he shoots at around the same percentage, but I don't know that he gets the same amount of opportunities against certain teams. Man, I, this, is, this is a tough one. That's a hard one. Because you got to understand, Trez was a beast when he played over in Lou- at Louisville in college. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like he just hasn't had that opportunity to showcase I'm this talented player that you guys missed out on when he was with the Rockets, when he was in 
in a Clippers uniform, and now he was now he switched over and played with the Lakers. And LeBron said, "I don't want that. I don't need that." So I feel like him being dropped off in D.C., playing alongside Kuzma, Brad Bill, KCP is definitely going to be interesting. You got guys that are going to showcase that. You know, I'm talented. I could. I can be great in this league, and I haven't had that opportunity, and I'm going to showcase that. Montrez is a great regular season player, and he definitely puts up numbers just playing at high energy, high intensity, but I'm not necessarily sure that translates to playoffs, but that doesn't matter right now because he is trending. Yeah. We and rooting for Trez over here, bro. <laughs> right, you got sure. another one? Yeah, I got one more for All you. All right. Um, do you want – you know, I'll give you this one. This one's a little bit different. The Magic aren't winning games, Miles, right now. Yikes. But Mo Bamba is showing out. He's averaging thir- er, 14 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, 2 blocks per game, 50% from the field, 40% from 3 on 5 attempts a game. Trending or pretending? Has Mo Bamba taken the leap and figured it out? This is trending because I don't see anybody else doing it. No? Like, I don't, who else is going to drop those type of numbers on the Magic? No disrespect to RJ. Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, those guys. But who else do they have to as a dominant force on that roster? Yeah, I agree with you. Mo Bamba is trending. I don't know if he's going to shoot 40% from three all year. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. But <laughs> on five attempts a game. But he's added some muscle. We've talked about it before. Bigs kind of progress at a lower, uh, slower rate than um, guards and wings. So you got to be patient with them. This is for all the people doubting Poku right now be patient <laughs> wait we'll see just wait on it just wait on him he's 19 he weighs 75 pounds he's eight feet tall he's figuring it out Mo Bamba same camp I mean he was more famous as a song than a basketball player for a while yeah but we're glad to see him trending and figure out do you have one more or do you want to move on to the next All right, thing? I got one final one. Oh, I'm ready boy wonder <laughs> Tyler Hero my guy he was mentioned. This is Jack Harlow's guy. Yes. Me? This season, he is currently averaging 22 points per game, 6.7 rebounds per game, 4.5 assists per game, shooting 45% from the field goal and shooting 35, 39%, I'm sorry, from the three. Is this trending or pretending? Mind you, this is a guy who's an early candidate for six men of the year, too, now. Can you repeat those numbers? Just so I can, I want to get them fresh one more time. 22. Points per game, mm-hmm. 6.7 rebounds per game. Yes. 4.5 assists per game, 45% field goal range, shooting 39% from the three. I think this is trending, and I'm not just saying that because you like the heat. I like, I really love the heat right now, just in terms of adding Kyle Lowry. You already have Jimmy Butler. You have basically the same finals team plus a couple, uh, a couple other pieces. But um, I like this because Tyler Hero on this current roster construction is just asked to be a scorer like don't worry about passing and facilitating and doing a lot of these pick and roll things just go out there and get buckets and spread the floor because Kyle Lowry and Jimmy can handle all the ball handling they can do it all they'll go and penetrate and dish to you and Duncan you guys just go out there and make shots so I think this is a real thing you know what they call the Miami Heat I don't them goons is that what they call them them goons yeah from Dade County what is the goon lineup right now? Is it Kyle Lowry, Jimmy, Bam, PJ Tucker, and the ghost of Haslam? Is that it? Nah, it's Duncan Robinson. Put respect he's a on goon? his name. Yeah, he's a goon. Okay. I, we'll have to see. I don't know about yeah, that if he wants to get goon. down like that. Although he did have that 
thing at Summer League where people were reacting to his contract and telling him if he was overpaid to his face or not. He went over and reacted to it. That was pretty great. Duncan Robbins is a real one for that. But next up, there have been some rule changes this year, obviously. It's, I guess, essentially called the Harden uh, rule change, right, Miles? Uh-huh. And basically they're getting rid of a lot of the Harden uh style fouls like Trey Young where they're jumping into guys, pump faking, you know, taking unorthodox shots that aren't real basketball shots in order to get fouls. So I was wondering if this is a good thing. I wanted to read this stat out to you um, really quick here, and that is that um, James, or here it is. These, all these scores from last season are down in points since last year from any range from four points to seven points on their average. Steph, Beal, Dame. Embiid, Luca, Levine, Donovan Mitchell, Jokic, Booker, Trey, Fox. All of them are down on points per game since last year because of this rule. Dang. Is this a good thing, though? Me, personally, I actually like this rule. Yeah? I like this rule. I'm, if I'm an NBA fan, I don't want to drop bread on a ticket just to see guys like Harden and Trey shoot free throws the whole game. I mean, that's kind of whack, feel me? So. Mm-hmm. This new rule is really exposing guys in the league who think flopping is going to get them the points they want and just boosting their averages throughout the course of the season. So we're seeing it happen every night now. I mean, because in the 90s and the early 2000s, it's not going to cut it. Just leaning into guys just to create a foul and going to the line, I'm just not a fan of this. So, I mean, you even start to see this type of stuff. And pickup, too. I mean, it gets annoying. I'm, I'm tired of guys getting bailed out just because their bag is not deep enough to go by the defender. I mean, like, just hoop, yo. Straight when up. you come out and play pickup against us and you jump into me and call a foul, just go home and play 2K. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, it's league's been soft these past couple of years, and I'm glad these refs is making this adjustment, though. For real. Absolutely. What, what, what about um, you? As well, uh, I agree with you. The NBA also this season as a league, not James Harden, not these guys, the league in general. Fewest free throw attempts per game ever per uh, game. Lowest field goal percent, uh, percentage as a league since 2003. Lowest three-point percentage as a league since 2000. And lowest offensive rating as a league since 2014. Dang. Pretty crazy. I mean, James Harden, I mentioned him because he's kind of the poster boy yeah. for this. This is the harden Trey Young rule, but it's more essentially the Harden rule. And he is averaging, let's see, um, five free throw attempts per game this year, which is... Um, the least he's attempted since he was coming off the bench in Oklahoma City. For reference, two years ago, whenever he was Houston Harden playing with Russ, he averaged 12 free throw attempts a game. So less than half of those, he's getting that now. So I think it's really interesting. It's definitely going to take some guys to uh, time to adapt. I actually have some quotes here from James Harden and Steve Nash. Uh, Harden said about this when asked about it, I just ask every official if they see a foul to call a foul. Sometimes I feel like coming into a game, it's already predetermined or not if they're going to call them. I already have that stigma for getting foul calls, but I just ask the, fi- the officials to call what they see. I think mm. that's fair. Yeah. Hopefully James Harden can do that because you and I both know this. We're not stupid. James Harden's still one of the 10 best basketball players in the world with or without these calls. Most definitely. So can he get back to those things? That'll be really interesting. But I think this is great for the game in terms of this is a hot take. I like to see basketball players play basketball and not just shoot free throws. I like to see the best basketball players win and not the best people at drawing fouls and shooting free throws. If we want to just have a free throw shooting contest, like, you could roll my dad out there. He could do that. But we're actually playing basketball. This is the best athletes in the world. Let's go out there and play. 
and let's actually have guys go one-on-one. We obviously don't want any crazy fouls, but we don't want any fake phantom fouls either. Exactly. Like Also, like I mentioned earlier, if you're an NBA fan, you want to save up money for a ticket that's like $30, $40, and you in the nosebleeds, my, I mean, I don't know about y'all. I'm I'm broke. I'm on a ramen noodle diet, but <laughs> but I'm dropping money to sit in the arena, watch these guys play. I'm not trying to see everybody go to the line the whole time, bro. That's boring. Well, I mean, like we talked about earlier, like I want to see Dort versus Curry. I want to see Dort versus PG. I want to see these different matchups. I don't want to see you just getting bailed out going to the line over and over and over. Like we play these games for a reason. Let's actually watch it. And I think a lot of the people that are complaining because they like the more points don't even actually watch the games because the flow, like we've watched a bunch of games. We've probably both watched over 50 games so far. The flow is just so much better in terms of there's not as much stoppage and momentum is not killed as much. And you're seeing a lot of teams play with a lot more, I, I guess they're more fluent. Yeah. So I'm, I feel like the league is in the right direction. Guys just need to get, they need to understand that, you know, this is, a soft route to just rely on the refs and just use them as a safety net to get bailed out whenever they can't get past the defenders. So it's going to be great. Let's see how things go moving forward. Hopefully they don't change it back. Cause I, I don't think they can. No. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't want to see that. But, I mean, there have been rules uh, change over the years. You had the illegal defense things. You had uh, the Jordan rules. You had some things like the freedom of movement things, uh, hand checking. So it always, there's an adjustment period, but guys eventually figure it out. And these guys are so smart and so talented, they'll figure it out and still be effective. But it'll just be a question of, can they get back to the level of effectiveness they were uh, before? Now, let me ask you this. Are you a fan of the hack-a-shack rule, though? <sighs> um, so are we talking about if he catches it, like, on the block or if we're fouling him in, like, the open court? Fouling in open court. I think that's lame. It's kind of like the transition take foul. It's like, let's... Like I mentioned, let's play basketball. Mm -hmm. Like, I get you're punishing people because this is a part of the game. You need to make free throws. Certain guys just can't make free throws. And, you know, it's the hack-a-shack. We're not going to give you a layup over three guys. We're going to go make you earn it from the line. I think that's valid whenever you foul him on the catch. But whenever they can't even, whenever Shaq is in the back court and the ball's in the front court, that's lame. That's not really basketball. But let's just get rid of a lot of these intentional fouls and make people actually guard each other. Most definitely. I'm with that, too. I just don't. I, I see that as lame, too. Like, why are you just fouling this man? He doesn't even have the ball in his hands, and you just grabbing him just to get an easy foul so you can be up and catch up to them by two points or three points or whatever. No, I get it, because if a team's rolling, you want to get them out of rhythm. But whenever it's time and time and time again I mean there are times whenever it used to be with Robertson where it'd be eight straight possessions and it's like you're just killing the pace of the game like I'm a basketball nerd you are too but like I don't even want to watch that where it's like you know exactly what's going to happen exactly and it's like why am I watching this I'll just flip the channels watch Spongebob or something come back <laughs> that's what I'm watching it. You 7 watching Spongebob, bro? Are you not? <laughs> you're going to tell me you're not watching Spongebob that after old, you make a good... old Spongebob not oh, this new Spongebob. No, no I'm not like yeah. that we're SpongeBob OGs over here. Yeah. Even though you brought up Good Burger, SpongeBob's <laughs> not okay. I'm moving on. But <laughs> um, so we have an update with picks. But before I get to picks, it is unfortunate that I tell you that whenever we talked about who's going to be undefeated the longest, I immediately lost that. <laughs> the Denver Nuggets lost two in a row right after that, as they lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Utah Jazz the next night. 
which brings me to the next point. Miles, you are correct. I'm going to give you the floor to talk about the Utah Jazz and how much smarter you are than me right now. Yes, sir. You feel me? Hey, man. You got to understand, playing in Utah is tough. It is. Especially on their home court, you got guys, that backcourt alone with Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, is they just work together. And also, an elite big going up, going up against like going up against Jokic is definitely great to see. Also, so I just feel like Utah is definitely a better regular season team, but I'm gonna have to go with Denver any day in the playoffs. They definitely have experience when it comes to being down two and zero, three and zero, and they always come back and get the job done in the end. So, but right now I'm gonna take this dub. I'm gonna take this dub. Continuing off that, I guess. Do you think, as a resident Utah Jazz fan, right, are the Jazz, can they be the number one seed in the West or maybe in the NBA in the regular season? The number one? No. Top three? I'm just talking regular season. Regular season? Can they have the number one seed in the West or the number one seed overall? No. You don't I feel so? like there are definitely better teams out there that want that number one spot. I mean, the Warriors, they, they've been mm. balling right now, and especially when they get Clay back, they're going to be a force to reckon with. So I feel like it's definitely impossible, but it's not possible, if that makes sense. Like, it's they possible, can, but not impossible. Yeah, they can get it done, most definitely. So it's definitely going to be – I understand they went number one last year, mm. but it's definitely going to be even tougher this year. Oh, for sure. I mean, we have so many guys coming back a lot deeper west, but I think they have a decent chance. Um, in the East, who would you have, though? Because I think I have Milwaukee so far. You or know actually, I'm, I don't know. It might be the Heat. You know I'm rocking with them goons, man. It Come might on, be the man. Heat. Stop five playing and one with them right goons now. from Dade County, man. <laughs> Come on now. This is just me baiting you into talking about the Heat. Exactly. I mean, they are playing good basketball, though. Um, they have a 94.0 defensive rating this season. This would be the best defense by any team in the three-point era since 1980, if they can keep this up. You know I'm going to give credit to the, that, though? Pat Duncan, Riley. No, no, no. Him, too. Duncan Robinson. Is he picking it up on D? Is yeah. that what you're saying? No. Oh, wait. Whoa. <laughs> He's not picking up on D. <sighs> but we do, have, we do have a great defensive core in P.J. Tucker, Bam Adebayo, when he gets back, and Jimmy Butler. Like, even P.J. Tucker said it. Like, he said last week in a press conference that, you know, whenever he switches up on guys – and they, whenever they choose to switch on the, on the defensive end, you got guys switching from him to Kyle Lowry to Jimmy Butler to Bam Adebayo, like, and he feels comfortable with that. He doesn't have an issue with that because these are guys that take pride in playing defense. So I feel like this is definitely – this team works together. I, I feel like – I feel confident in us being a top seed in, in the East. Do you think they could be a top 10 defense in the NBA? Before I say this, here's the lineup. Um. Here's the defensive lineup. Can they be a top 10 defense in the NBA? Tucker, Butler, Lowry, Bam. And then the last spot is you or me. Could we be a top 10 defense in the NBA? Because those mean, guys are so good. I take pride in playing defense also. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I see that. I feel like they'd, they'd be some good help on that. I, I'll talk on defense. I'll help out. Yeah? Yeah, I'll get on the boards. <laughs> I'll box out. Switch, switch, switch. So exactly. I'm going I'm to I'm talk. I'll me? talk. They'll tell me to shut up, but I'll talk. <laughs> And then finally, long-awaited picks, update Miles. I'm sad. (laughs) (laughs) 
Miles is four and two. I am two and four. Yes, not sir. Well. It's not impossible to come back. It's not how you start, Miles. It's how you finish. Facts. We're never say never. strong. But we've got uh, picks for today, games tomorrow. We have, this is a heat pod. It's the heat and the math. <laughs> Who do you have in that one? Man, I'm going to have to go with them goons from Dade County. I also have the heat in that one. They have one of the most talented lineups in the league right now. And no matter if somebody gets switched, it's a matchup nightmare. I mean, it's, it's not going to be easy, though, going up against a young superstar like Luka Magic. I understand that. Our elite big man right now, Big Bam Adebayo, is resting because of a knee injury. But that's okay. The Heat also have, they also have this mentality where they have the next man up. That's what they believe in. They take pride in that. So they got guys that can hold it down till Bam gives back, like Dwayne Dedman. And, man, I don't know if you know what season it is, Mike. What season is it? You know what season it is? I don't. It's yurt season, baby. I'm talking about Irma, Omer, Yurtsevin, man. Baby, you know the vibes. That was I butchered That's a his deep name. cut. That was... Yeah, I think he was a Thunder G League legend at one point. But he was balling out in the summer league, yeah. though. No, he was. But, I heard some people in the yeah, some Thunder thread saying, why but, didn't we pick him up? But we got we got JRE. But No one else got me. But JRE you gotta got me. You got to understand this, though, Mike. Yeah. They call us them goons from Dade County, baby. We're not gonna talk about the heat ah! for another. We're not gonna talk about the heat for another month after this. Ah! Okay. Um, time out. But I'm I'm sorry. Sorry, I got a little carried away. But facing a young talent like Luka Doncic isn't gonna be easy. But I'm still gonna rock with my team. I expect big game from Jimmy Butler as he's been on a tear right now, and he is also on the running for MVP race currently. But let's see what he does at the AA Center tonight. Yeah, I've got the heat as well. Um, the Mavericks have been playing better. They won four out of their last five. They still don't have Porzingis, which seems like a good thing at this point, just based on how they're playing and their spacing is better. But give me the heat. They've got just better players all around. Eric Spolstra is one of the best coaches in the league compared to Jason Kidd, who is a coach in the league. That's the most I can say about Jason Kidd as a coach, is that he is a coach. Yeah. <laughs> they got the leadership council if anything goes wrong. But unless Luka goes out there and scores like 80, I just don't, I don't see it. Yeah. And then second game of the night, the nightcap, we have the New Orleans Pelicans against the Phoenix Suns. Who do you have in that one? I'm rocking with the Suns, man. I expect Michael Bridges to give rookie Herb Jones a hard time on both ends of the floor. I expect DeAndre Ayton to run the floor and get easy looks in transition against, against, uh, I even forgot his name. Jonas Valanciunas. I'm yeah, Jonas Valanciunas, <laughs> the other Jonas brother. That's oh, Is he though? No. I was like, that. yeah, no, that don't work. Got it for but a second, though. I definitely feel like he'll definitely be dominant inside the paint, and I expect D-Book and CP3 to dominate the backcourt of Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Devontae Graham moving forward. So this should be an easy win at the crib for the Suns tomorrow. So we'll see. I've got the same one. I've got the Suns. We agree on both picks, which – it's Ugh. hard not to pick the same this ones on these. Boring, these are, man. It's, we've disagreed on basically everything else. That's fair. But, um, yeah, I've got the Suns as well. Pelicans, like we talked about, even playing against the Thunder. No B.I., no Zion. It's just not going to be enough when you have Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and I think DeAndre Ayton is questionable. But even if you get, uh, even without him, you still have Bridges and some other nice guys. JaVale McGee can play some kind of spot center for you. I think the Suns get the win in this one. We'll see. We'll see. But... Before we get out of here, I just wanted to apologize about the problems with the last pod. We 
had some technical issues getting it done, but we are going to figure this out. Miles, are we not? Yes, sir. Yeah, but it was it was a skippable pod. I mean, it was just me dunking on Miles. He actually asked me to stop recording. It actually didn't crash. Anybody who believes this, stop the cat, bro. Just <laughs> stop. All right, let's get out of here. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate us five stars. We are on Apple and Spotify. Miles, what do you have to say before we get out of here? Man, be sure to follow us on IG at Thundergrads and Twitter at the Thundergrads to stay up on all of our latest content. But other than that, we are the Thundergrads. You are now dismissed.